Hey there, bad girl, looking for something else. Hey there, bad boy, looking for something else. Come into the lounge, come into the wiki, come and stick around, come and tell it to me, Bobcast. Come in the Bobcast. Bobcast. Come in the Bobcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you. As always, is Bob live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Super stoked to welcome guest number 301, the first of the 300s here on the Bobcast. He's a talented writer who also shares a, an aficionado for Clark Kent and the last son of Krypton, <laughs> Superman. Uh, with that being said, totally stoked to catch up with you. It's been a while. There's been a lot going on, I'm sure, in your world as far as, far as pop culture goes, as far as, you know, your quarantine Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Nick Gregorio. When I say your last name too, do when I say it like, do I say it like an Italian like that? I, Is it? A, I'm more than happy with that. To be completely honest, yeah. <laughs> because that's what it sounds like in my head. Like today, I was like, oh, I got to do a podcast with Gregorio. <laughs> yeah. How you been, bro? I've been I've been doing uh, pretty well, all things considered. Uh, it's been a weird 14 months. Mm-hmm. Um, Very strange. Yeah, oh my God, just as, I, I can't even, it feels like it's been a decade and about a week at the same time. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's it's really, it's amazing how quickly you can um, get used to things. Like, you know, in the beginning it was like, oh dude, like what? And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we can handle this, you know? And yeah, it's like mask, gloves, whatever, I'm in. Wiping down it's, groceries, down. Good. Yeah, I was totally wiping down groceries too. Oh. I was like, it would, it would take like two hours, man. I'd be like, terrible. dude, this sucks. Like I was like considering like just not eating them where I was just like, you know what? <laughs> this hand sanitizing all these boxes, you know, thinking that like, like I remember thinking in like my mind, like perhaps maybe the guy who works the overnight shift, he just take care of himself because he's got to stay up all night. His immune <laughs> system's, it, you know, not doing too well. <laughs> but slowly I just was like, I, I can't, you know, let this guide my life no more. And since then, I've stopped watching the news. I don't watch. We got rid of cable television here in my house. All right, good for you. I I yeah. was I was really obsessed with just tracking, like the the reporting of it because I found the so whole thing like it, it was fascinating the way it was being reported. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously this this is all real, um, but the the reporting of it was just it was like, hey, things are looking great, and then a week later, my God you're in big trouble <laughs> so like, yeah um it was just a nightmare and it has been but i don't know I, I quit you know wiping the groceries down like a week and a half ago so i think we're doing all right <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good to know um yeah it's it's just such a, a long haul but at the same time yeah it feels like so short of time where it's just everything just changed so quickly yeah i mean i was just thinking this i haven't done a podcast with a person in the same room and over a year. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. Now, are you planning on doing that soon? Have you been back? I don't yet? know. I mean, like, I it's, I mean, like, you have a microphone. So, I mean, like, it sounds <laughs> good. So, it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, why, if, if people have microphones, like, I, I'd be open to it, but I don't know how to, like, <laughs> be completely, you know, opposed to people who don't, you know, but sure. I like when people do have a mic. It sounds better because, like, with that Zoom audio, you're like, oh. Yeah, even like some of the podcasts I listen to and they have um, guests on, I'm like, ah, they don't have a mic and they're like yeah. millionaires. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody <laughs> can send them a USB microphone. Yeah, right. You can get that for 50 bucks. Like just pony up. <laughs> no, I got this because the book record beer guys are just like, um, Nick, you need a microphone. We can't do this without it. I was like, all right, whatever. All right. So how, like the last time we had a podcast, you spoke about that and you're actually doing an event at that time. Obviously, COVID affected that. I mean, how did you stay creative? Uh, I, I Largely, I didn't. Um, uh, but like two months before the pandemic hit, a band I was in in 2013, like a skate punk band, uh, we started playing again. And we wrote a bunch of songs and we were getting ready to record. Actually, our recording date was like March 23rd of last year. Uh, oh, wow. But we scrapped that and then um 
we started demoing the songs and passing passing them back and forth between laptops and like it was oh that's fun yeah i mean it it was really cool but at the same time i I hate recording myself because it's just it's just arduous but we were able to pass that stuff back and forth and and then eventually when things started to look up where you know the the proof about masks working and 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 uh distancing working came back we we were able to get in the studio and we did an EP, a single, and we're just about to release another EP. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm writing as well, just not nearly as, as much as I would have liked, although I am. I stopped writing during the pandemic. I had to go home. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't written any screenplays. Of, like I just, I, I gave up and I was like, I, yeah. my brain needed a break from being, um, creative in that outlet because it's so um punishing you know like uh, i mean yes i do know it's punishing <laughs> it's very it's it's a very punishing thing you put yourself through you know for creative mm-hmm. people to be like well i guess i could you know carry that across for another couple more days <laughs> and like you know during the pandemic like i mean like at the time of the pandemic actually nick i was shopping around to streaming services a script about uh, a teenager who possessed the ability of the time travel and people knew about it and they use it to their advantage to gamble on time. They would use her to go back in missions, be like, yo, change this 30 to one, the black plague doesn't happen. People loved it. And the I pandemic love everything happened. about that. <laughs> and then boom, the pandemic happened. And they're like, well, we really aren't doing movies now. We're not doing TVs now. And then like, you know, slowly and surely I was just like, I give up, you know, like I just, I, I don't have, and like my agent, my agent's like 70 he's gotta be like 73 and i've never even met him in real life to be yeah. honest with you i've i got him through um what do you call it like one of those um what uh like a pay to play type thing like an ad or whatever okay uh, you know i he he he's great on the phone but it's like the industry's changed so much and it's like i i change too it's like i don't yeah. even know if i want to do that stuff anymore because it's it's a lot of jerks Listen, <laughs> if there's anything I've learned through the pandemic is you can certainly find more jerks easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. No, the creative process is, is, it can be brutal. I mean, I remember finishing a manuscript um, last summer or two summers ago now and like slipping into this like void of, will I ever be able to do this again? is this good enough to even be shocked anywhere? So no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. And like the punishing moments of being also too, like as a writer, it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean like the one thing I can say that's different in my trade too, is like with, with screenplay writing, like you're rewriting all the way up until they, they film, but with the book, that's gotta be like an OCD nightmare when it's like pressed. Man. It, 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 (laughs) It's for brutal. me it would be too much it'd be too much I, I i'd be like i, I don't know what it is like I, I feel so passionate about writing i love to write and um it's weird too because it's like you you don't just write to write you write to share your writing with people right i mean like that's exactly. just like what the purpose is it's like sharing yep. information and it's like we have to funnel it now through these social media things and i i i get how you know that can get so redundant for for creative people I, th- I think it's already starting to happen now where it's like like every time i open up facebook i'm just like oh dude this <laughs> shit again you know like know. here we go <laughs> you know I a, yeah i do i had a book come out in in may and uh, in may jesus and you know it was height of the pandemic it was hey this thing's dead on arrival you can do zoom readings if you want or just post a bunch of shit on instagram and hope people will buy um and like really proud of that damn book and it was it was a thing that it was unique so we thought and and then here we are a year later and i'm like i don't know (laughs) if anybody read it (laughs) yeah it's 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 weird how much output and energy goes into being a writer you know Mm -hmm. like you, you you're constantly thinking plot you're constantly thinking character or like you know tone and there's so many different things whereas you know somebody <laughs> who's like an animator just has to draw you know it's weird yeah. there's so many different aspects of telling stories 
And you know what I, I'm kind of obsessed with, and I guess it goes back to my comic books. It's like, I love shared universes. So a lot of my stories, a lot of my characters are, they've met, they know who each other are. They, they, mm -hmm. they, and I have built this fictional world <laughs> in my brain and like only maybe 20% of it I've ever written down. And like, I, I go to these places, I'm like, oh, that's where my man, Tony, we used to work. I'm like, Jesus, this is just not. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there crossing <laughs> the, the line between fiction and reality where yeah. you try to get into the character's head, you know, yep. for, I mean, when I was writing that time travel thing, I was totally thinking and talking like a 19 year old teenager, you know, and like how, you know, uh, teenagers, if I guess, if they're not raised correctly, they had like this very dismissive tone to them, you know? Oh yeah. It's very dismissive. And just like, oh, yeah. I don't have the time. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> so like no. you're just worthless and that's it. You know, like you're done. Oh, yeah. But I enjoyed, you know, um, doing it. And um, I've enjoyed, uh, I guess the one thing I got, like, I honestly, it's so strange. Like during this pandemic, I completely changed in an aspect that, I mean, like we got rid of cable and then like I used to consume so much television, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. and then I just I, I just got older, I guess, and I can't stay up anymore, but <laughs> I can consume a lot of podcasts. So I listen to a lot of stuff, which is different than, you know, like the, the process is different. I just realized it today in the car when I was like listening to my third podcast today, which is nuts <laughs> and sick, I guess. But your brain's processing it differently. It's forcing you really, when you're listening to it auditory to like really pay attention to the details. Whereas when you're watching something, it's like you can zone off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could just be like, well, I guess I'm hungry. What's in the refrigerator? You know what I mean? Like there's no yeah. moment if you're really yeah. into the subject or the movie, I guess it's different, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean watching is is certainly much more passive than than having to intently listen to something. That's why... I have a tough time with audiobooks because I, I or or podcasts too. Like, I'll get in the mm -hmm. car and I'll I'll put it on and and my brain will just go into drive mode. Like, just it's it's yeah. doing muscle memory and then it's like five minutes later I'm like fuck I gotta go back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, how like um our brains do play tricks on us like that too. Like we can't control you know like what it yeah. wants to do. It just yeah. becomes a pattern. Yeah, but and yeah, the the shared universe thing. Always been a fan. I mean, I never thought in a million years there even would be a Marvel universe or a fractured DC universe. I mean, like you know, I I mean, for the thing that's just crazy, man, is the fact that during this pandemic we got the Snyder cut. And I just yes. want to ask you what what was your thoughts on seeing the um, CGI mustacheless Henry Cavill come back as Superman in that film? Um, I loved it. I thought it was like. I thought it was completely magnificent. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, you know, I, I'll tell you right off the bat too. I too was blown away. I couldn't believe how long it was, and I couldn't believe how much yeah. I got through it the first night. I was like, "Wow, yeah. this is totally different." Yeah, I mean, what it was like ninety percent of the movie was reshot for the theatrical release. Something like uh, that, eighty or ninety, yeah. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm, I'm watching this movie, and I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I'm loving this because I hate the theatrical version so much, or this is actually good mm. yeah um, well, the theatrical version is so um offbeat in a in a bad way it's like it was two different movies just stitched together like think about think about that like two like well, now that you've seen both and the listeners who have seen both and the ones who don't know about this sorry you shouldn't be tuned in to here <laughs> but um like the decision to make the 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 josh whedon justice league start off with batman i doing god knows what with some like criminal you know up on the roof and then using him as bait his fear bait to get this creature that we have no idea who is yet because it hasn't been introduced properly and like i was just thinking to myself like my god dude like especially as a screenplay writer obviously it's like what dude like that's what you guys came up with that's how you introduce this whole idea and then and Alfred it, happens to know everything too. It's like, come on, man. It's like, brutal. And the, and the first thing you see in that movie is Superman's cartoon ass mouth. Like that CGI Right off the mouth. bat. Like, why right would they off. choose that too? Oh, like right off like, the bat. Like, hey, let's just put let's just put it up there. Maybe won't people won't notice if it's up there right off the bat. We noticed, and it's terrible. 
And I blame Tom Cruise for the whole thing, frankly, if I'm being honest. Because Tom with Mission Impossible doesn't want to budge right with Paramount Pictures and the mustache. Yeah. yeah it's really hard thing, to grow a mustache. Like, it is. And not only that, like if Tom Cruise hadn't broken his ankle doing his own stunt, the production mm. would have gotten delayed. Henry Cavill wouldn't have had to keep his mustache through the Justice League reshoots, etc. So Tom Cruise. Wow. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> I never thought of it from that perspective. It's true. Oh, yeah. Because Tom's like, I have to jump because I don't want to see my daughter no more. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you, Tom? You know, like, come on, man. Like, I get it, Scientology and stuff like that, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a made up thing. Weird dude. One weird dude. The the Superman depiction in the in the Snyder verse, you know, yeah. was I just wish like I recently rewatched Man of Steel and I love Man of Steel. It's such a yeah. great cool like superhero film and yeah yeah i had my issues back then with the ending now i couldn't really even give a shit to be honest with you i'd watch metropolis <laughs> get destroyed a thousand <laughs> different ways over from sunday instead of living in this miserable right <laughs> metropolis you know what i mean so it's like i like that movie so much and like you know i felt like one of the things i like so much about the christopher reeves films was the moments at the daily planet you know, like where like he was Clark, you know, and like yep. we really didn't get to see much Clark ever. Not at all. Not at all. In the last 10 years, we haven't seen Clark. Hmm. And I guess like I mean, like then I don't even know. Like he shows up and everyone's like, he's the reporter, whatever. I said to you the last podcast, still haven't seen it. Show me the Grant Morrison chubby, really overweight alien that can morph his body into looking <laughs> completely different. And then You've got like a crazy, I could like, I wish Tim Burton or somebody would have done that, you know what I mean? Because it just yeah. it makes so much sense, right? It does, and I, I think we the reason we haven't seen like Clark Kent, mild mannered reporter, is because like people uh, can't buy a reporter anymore because they, they sort of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the well, newspapers are a I mean, thing they... that don't exist. Um, so well, they exist, yeah. but nobody reads them. Nobody um, reads them. Nobody's trying to do good by um, chasing a good story unless they're right. working for a corporate conglomerate, right? Yeah, and the most so, so the who would Clark Kent be reporting. today? Then? Oh, who would he be today? Who? who would he be today? Let's write this film right now. So he wouldn't be Perez Hilton, obviously. No, but he would be something to. Oh, you know what? I got it. Mm. I got it. Oh, it's so good too. <laughs> Man, I don't even know if I should say it. Okay, so like. <laughs> All right, so Clark Clark um Clark goes to the school in Smallville, right? Yeah, he's very pissed off about the world he sees, you know, you know, um, police brutality, all this shit going around the country, you know, racism and stuff like that. Sorry if you guys can hear my wife outside we whacking, but I'm not going to stop her because that would delay the whole process. And you know what? <laughs> it's just a part of life. So like Clark like goes to school there. He's very outraged. He doesn't know what to do. He's on social media sees everything and he decides to start a podcast so at nighttime he leaves the farmhouse he goes into where they keep the tractors and he goes down into where the ship is and records his podcast and talks about all the troubles of the world yeah, i mean he could be an investigative podcast like if he was like, like on twitter material. like if he was like a uh you know uh <laughs> non like stoppers i don't even know <laughs> it is a good point though clark kent i guess I never thought of like Clark Kent not making sense reporter wise. I've always thought of him yeah. not making sense appearance wise, you know, like with the old switcheroo of the glasses, you know? Yeah. I, I think people just like, I know what the intent with the Man of Steel was. Like, you, you, they wanted to modernize, you know, the character because for whatever reason, people think Superman's old fashioned and is too overpowered and boring, and which doesn't make any sense to me. But at the same time, I do buy the reporter angle. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to sell this guy as, an investigative journalist when investigative <laughs> journalism doesn't that really exist. I mean, no, it's not even it's the best journalism in Philadelphia by it's right now is like the sports reporting. And that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. not even, you know, so there's no Clark Kent's down no, there and they all no. talk the same and they all uh, go to the same barber. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's Clark a great point Kent, though. It's a really good, fa it's, it's a, yeah. like a, to really dissect the character they've always discussed that you know they have to like break down you know like you have to like make superman flawed it's like no maybe there's like something else there it's like well, what is his mechanism too it's like right. 
you just can't buy like in today's world you can't buy into somebody hiding behind glasses and you can't buy you know back then you could but in a film today for them to have serious undertones of like a city being destroyed caring about people in the rubble like you can't have clark just throwing on you know the specs (laughs) you know what i mean and being like what's going on here yeah but at the same time you know you have a you have like everybody's like oh he he has he's perfect no i mean the guy is all powerful and yeah. his only goal is to be human and that's his flaw <laughs> you know like yeah. he wants so badly to be like us and he can't be and he that is, be. He just wants to chill yeah so it's his story is sad and it's hopeful and it's inspiring and, and like the whole city exploding things like oh well that shouldn't happen well I get that, but at the same time, you're not going to have a blockbuster movie of Superman inspiring. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, I wish we had more time with him per se, because in the next film, obviously, we know what happens. You know, he, yeah. he dies at the end. Yeah. I really like the way it started. It made sense to hear the scream going around the world. I was like, okay, you just fixed yeah. a huge plot hole, like you know, <laughs> like yeah. right off the bat. And yeah. I was down for all the little, you know. I also thought that. Jason Momoa wasn't a bro in this new version at all. He wasn't, and he was good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he's scary too in some scenes. Yeah, like, you know, like they made it. They definitely, you know, that's it's crazy too. Like the whole like debate too. Like imagine like a twelve-hour conference call, be like, well, Aquaman's <laughs> eyes are a little bit too scary for kids. We're gonna give you this instead. It looks like <laughs> Surfer Kahula. You know, like. Yeah. I, I just I I have no idea like what those people do to come up with that stuff. Wonder Woman to me, I you know, I I just ne- I I've never bought her acting, and I'm I'm not I'm pro Wonder Woman 100. percent Love the um TV show stuff like that, but something about this, she seems like she's like acting, you know, it doesn't seem real. Yeah. Um. Everybody I, else I, in the Amazon like they. You know, the leader from uh, The Devil's Advocate, the actress, she seems like she's doing a good job, you know, but yeah. like, and Wonder Woman has Devil's no Advocate. purpose. Like, in her new, did you see, you obviously saw 1984, right? I mean, I did. I did. God, dude. That was a, that was an upsetting missed opportunity. Brutal, brutal, yeah. brutal. Like, yeah. and like great cast, you know? Oh, yeah. And like, what, why did Steve need to be stuffed into the body of an actual person? Why couldn't she just, have wished him back and plucked him out of time. So you didn't get all squeamy with the whole, you just laid up with some random dude and just raped him. Yeah, seriously. Like it it was like, raped him. Who, who said, who read that script and go, you know what? This is good. This is good. This is good. This is so good. (laughs) We love the fact that, uh, you know, she can't see it's so, uh, what's like, you know, it's so bad. Freaky Friday. I did, however, uh, love Pedro Pascal. He's he's, oh, who, he's so great to love anyway, in general. Oh I mean, like he's great. He made some great crazy choices in that film where I was like, whoa, he's really going for the fences <laughs> yeah, there. But seriously. I'm excited to see there's this HBO show coming out about like this famous video game, uh, The Last of Us, I think it's called. I think oh, yes. The, the one. Yes, yes, yes. And everyone's like, oh, is he going to be in The Mandalorian because this one shoots then and that one shoots then? And it's like The Mandalorian, he doesn't have to be there. I really no. don't think he has to be there at all. No, like, I think you know, he'd be there two weeks. I mean, you most do, like, of his stuff is like stunts, and they have like three different guys to do the stunts on that show. Yeah, I also think too that he wasn't there last season at all. Too case in point, the last episode. Spoilers, whatever. If you're like us, you watch all the shit. <laughs> but like, um, at the end, you know, when you know Luke comes in and the mask comes off, like the camera pulls back as Pedro Pascal's character, the Mandalorian, is like sad to say say goodbye to his friend, and you look at Pedro in that suit, he's big dude in there his shoulders are jacked up the other mandalorian dude like moves about gracefully like like a you know like a warrior ninja or something like yeah i mean i don't think he's really there there were a couple scenes though like um that in the uh the imperial barracks when he pulls his helmet off like Mm -hmm. if you watch him this guy's such a talented actor that he's he's not using his eyes to look to the left or the right he's turning his whole head as if he were still wearing oh, wow. the helmet because That's he cool. lived in that thing, you know? But well, when he's when he's trying to like get past the Imperial machine to like get the codes, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. good. So good. Oh, that seems God. great. Bill Burr, Bill Burr was like Holy a delight God. for me. How loved. Who knew that he could be that good? 
I, I I listened to his podcast. I listened to Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, and I listened to his other uh, one with Bert Kreischer sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a good actor, you know. He's a good actor, and like John Favreau was like, "Look, I know you're not into the Star Wars shit, but I think you'd be good for this, and it's a great fit. Yeah, it works. It sure is. And, yeah. and I just want more of him. <laughs> I know. I want to see like his own show. Man, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. They, for sure so many different things coming out like is uh you know the bad batch came out loki comes out like just all these mm. stories will just keep us mm. occupied and just get us ready for the next pandemic you know what i mean yeah, seriously uh, you know what it's so funny like we're finally able to look forward to stuff um like not just stuff being released but you know being able to see a friend or two now you know yeah, like, yeah. oh hey you got your vax card let me see it just to prove it you know what i mean but i, know. I there's so much wonderful stuff to look forward to and like i get so much joy and hope out of these types of shows and it is it feels like we're even if it doesn't in reality seem this way but i'm like i think we're we're getting there (laughs) yeah i mean things are looking up you know that's nice i saw a couple of my friends i haven't seen in a while recently and i forgot just like what it's like to be around other people besides like you know your your family or loved ones and it's like (laughs) Wow, it feels weird, you know. Oh, we have yeah. stuff to talk about that's not, you know, strangers <laughs> holding the door <laughs> for each other. Yeah, right. But I did. Uh, I started door dashing during this, oh, and I gotta be honest, door dashing. Uh, it's a fun gig. It's a fun gig. Nice. It's what it, it's just what allows me to listen to podcasts. I don't even feel like I'm working. I'm just like getting smarter while delivering food. I'm <laughs> like, just and didn't... I'm also like a mafia like hitman. I just drop the bag and leave. <laughs> yeah. Fast food hitman, just leave. I've been door dashing myself, just ordering from it. (laughs) (laughs) Is it consistent? Do you you have any, um, did you ever have a door dasher mess up your order? The door dasher never messed up the order. Um, The the restaurant will hold the door dasher up from time to time. Oh, that happens a lot. Where do you like to get food from? So there's a place right in Flower Town called the the Bagel House. Yeah. And every Saturday morning, I like to get a bacon, egg and cheese on and everything. Ah, uh, dude, you're one of the okay. So, like, that's one of my money makers. That like, I learned this like trick. And if you're out there and you're listening and you're a DoorDasher, go out Saturday mornings, and you know, turn on your app around like 8 a.m. because lots of people are hungover and they're not going out, <laughs> and they love DoorDash deliveries. So I start picking up with this. I start going the Cracker Barrel, dude. I just would like pick up pancakes, boom, 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 just like you know, 50 bucks in like 45 minutes or something. Sometimes you know, like nice. it's crazy. It's like uh, what. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I get that. I mean, the the sandwich itself is like seven bucks, and then what's the, in the sandwich? Um, it's just the the good egg. I asked for extra cheese, nice extra crispy bacon, and a slightly burnt everything bagel. Oh, dude, that's a, you know what? I'm all about that slightly burnt stuff too. Oh. It calms your stomach. It makes me. I just love the crunch, and I, I love that char. Mm-hmm. That charred aftertaste. It's nice. Yeah, it's nothing quite like that char. Uh, <laughs> there's a bagel place that's in Bryn Mawr. I can't remember the name of it. Man, they had the best uh, bagel sandwiches when uh, my wife was at the Bryn Mawr Hospital, you know, years ago. Uh, something to be said about a bagel, too. Imagine being, like, one of the first people to, like, have one, you know? <laughs> Is there a movie about the beginning of bagels or a book about the beginning of bagels? If there's not, there should be. There really should be, you know, because it's <laughs> such a universal like useless food that's so goddamn good it does and nothing good if, for you oh man, even if there wasn't one you could just make up the history of a bagel and it would be a delightful movie <laughs> you know? i know right <laughs> what if it was just 90 minutes of just a bagel and like all these different ways of looking at the bagel <laughs> yeah right all these different ways of spread that you could put on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah the options are just crazy too because like doordash and like all these different like i run doordash and uber eats sometimes same time uber eats does not pay well at all doordash no. pays really well nice yeah, uber eats is like they don't tell they don't tell you they say this is the estimated amount you might make whereas doordash is like look you go pick up this dude's wawa you're getting eight bucks and 50 cents i'm like all right <laughs> go like two miles up the road you know yeah and a lot of people too who order the food you know, live in apartment complexes, they can't drive and it sucks because it's like a small meal is costing them like almost like $25, $30, you know? Yeah. 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 My bagel every, every Saturday is like 18 bucks. 
yeah you know that's pretty cool like i would like to see like a trend of that like what's the most expensive dash item you get like i get a wawa hoagie and a bag of chips and a you know a diet coke for 22.50 like i I sometimes i think that too because like when i pick up the doordash room i'm like wow this thing's gotta be astronomical right now you know what they call the surge or whatever plus like the you know and um you know one of the most difficult things is like there's no cap on drinks so I only have three drink holders in my car, you know, oh, sometimes like, I'll get like all these drinks and I'm like, what the fuck is this dude? Like, there should be a fee <laughs> for me, like a drink fee for me to carry this extra weight of like, you know, beverage. You got to carry one between your legs together you know? without it, without it spilling, you know, Right. <laughs> also like you pick up something from Chick-fil-A. God, it's like a milkshake is like coated on the outside and <laughs> that styrofoam milk, you know, it's like yeah. the dude in the back's been doing lean out of the cups and his hands are all like. <laughs> Like just completely, you know, <laughs> but yeah, like Chick-fil-A, um, I have to say though, like, even though like they're racist and like, they, you know, don't believe in human rights and all that shit, they're very nice people there. And, uh, you know, they really got their shit down. They ha- always have a line there. Always. Before they, I don't really remember themselves. this Nick years ago. I don't remember like Chick-fil-A being that big, but now it is that big. No, I don't remember it either. I remember back, I don't know. 10, 15 years ago, going to Chick-fil-A all the time. And then they outed themselves as homophobes. And I missed so much dipping those waffle fries into their mayonnaise. Like, yeah. I still miss it. I'm like, I, I can't do it, though. I can't. Yeah. I said <laughs> to this one guy who worked there, I was like, dude, you guys do such a good job of running the show here, man. They should put you in charge of running the vaccine. But it's a shame you guys don't like gay people. And, like, he looked at me like, <laughs> this is like an older guy. Like, in his, what do you like, mean? You know, <laughs> late 50s, early 60s. Maybe he didn't know. I don't know. I mean, I was just trying to make a joke, but well, that story was so long ago. I, I don't know if many people do remember that. What's well, also too, it's like it's a strange. It's really weird. I always thought too, like as a writer, it would be a great skit for like um, SNL or something like that for when it hit. Like to have like you know a bunch of gay men hanging out and just talking. <laughs> much they left chick-fil-a and they can't go there no more and then one just like leaves and like goes off and gets it and hides from them it'd be so great it'd be so good you know like the polynesian sauce is what gets me the most like you know like i can't i can't not think about polynesian sauce you know i gotta go out and get it but yeah it's also too it's really neat it's like they say that you know you learn a lot from watching people eat i learn a lot from what people order and then Oddly enough, sometimes I can match up their order with like the address is coming up, right? But I'll look at this house and be like, yeah, that house either looks like top notch, you know, they got some really good food coming, or they're really hurting, or it's a rental and they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different versions of it. Like, um, I like I had to pick up this like order today, uh Zoe's. Um, and it was just a whole bunch of fucking soup just all soup like maybe six of them and like they're all stacked like this and i'm like who would have soup like this you know and i arrived at this house that is like you know the grass is overrun with the concrete you know like it's coming up the cracks there's no car in the driveway but it's the address and there's a bunch of packages on the roof like that's it right there that's the guy he's in there by himself eating soup soup all day long they got some good bread uh, zoe's good it is good it's good stuff um but yeah, it's it's interesting as an observer of just watching people like um, order. It's, it's weird too. It's like you could just go get this. Some people, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could. The bagel house is a quarter of a mile from my house. <laughs> yeah, but it's the treat though. It's like you're treating yourself. You know? Yeah, it's like I it's also the reward. It. It's the reward of the treat too. And like you know? I wake like, up at like five thirty in the morning on Saturdays, and my wife doesn't get up until typically like ten or eleven. So it's like nice, I'm gonna, nice. I think I'm sneaking it. Like I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I uh, also too get up really early in the morning, like uh, five thirty-six. Sometimes I get up at five thirty and then hang out in bed and you know try to do some meditation or stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I just can't at all just because of the day. But I like that early morning like hour you know like nobody's awake it's nobody's quiet. awake it's just the yeah. birds singing when i was younger it used to be at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning but i was drunk and like on drugs <laughs> but i much prefer like early morning coffee <laughs> and like news yeah right you know like uh check out like what's going on on like um i mean like i still look up like pop culture stuff i love you know uh comic books still and you know yeah. 
I think it's crazy how like comics have still survived through all this shit, you know? Like they're still printing shop. books. Yeah, they are. My comic shop, right when the pandemic started, um, maybe like a month in, I guess, they, they called me up and they're like, hey, listen, um, you got a bunch of books here. I know we're not allowed to have you in, but would you consider paying for them over the phone? So we can hopefully keep the lights on. And, and I mm-hmm. and I absolutely did. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't get those books for another two months, maybe. Um, but the fact that they're still coming out, the fact that I'm, I'm I can pay online now. So even if I can't make it that week, they're still getting the money. So I can. Which 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 place is your uh, store showcase? Uh, Brave New Worlds in Willow Grove is my shop. Oh, dude, that's the best. Yeah, it's my. I've been going there. I love that place decade love it longer dude that place is so nice as compared to like you know uh, well there is none here now we used to have one at the plymouth mini mall but your shop is um it's unique i've bought a couple long boxes there before and Mm -hmm. i always look at that wall and just stare at the colors my god i love that place it's it's the only comic book shop that's still a comic book shop and not like a pop culture gimmick yeah yep Mm -hmm. it's for us yeah yeah, you can smell great. it too when you walk in. It smells oh. like a comic book shop, like that old, so like good. just like you know the sheets. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I I I love too that place that like the, I used to go there pretty heavy before the pandemic, like to go get books that were always sold out. Yeah, because they always had a great back catalog of stuff. You know, we could yeah. just pull like oh, I'll get the number one that like everyone's talking about nine months later. That would never happen at like one of those gimmick stores because they would never order that many books. No, they don't. And it, yeah, and it's sucks. like it sucks. It's like ah, oh, dude. You know, you heard about the new uh, Superman Authority coming out, right? The uh, I've never been more excited about anything. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. But I, I'm very Superman uh, and the Authority, which is the Authority, was one of my favorite books ever. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they merged together. That's great. Oh my god, I can't wait. I can't that's wait. great. Um. I, I love when stuff like that happens too. It's like you, it's like you almost like you made that happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like your, your imagination was like, these two things have to be together. I'm going to push mean, it. Like, you have the guy that refuses to kill anything leading a team of murderers is yeah. astonishing. It's great. It's it's yeah. a great way to like kick off any conflict, really. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like way better than any. I'm, I'm anxious to see the Suicide Squad. I did. Finally buckled down and watched the trailer. I can't believe they got Sylvester Stallone to be King Shark. I know. I, and like, I just, I think James Gunn is a brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. man. And I cannot wait until, until this movie. Yeah, me too. I, I can't wait to um, also check out his um, HBO show, Peacemaker. Yeah. Cause that guy sounds like he's going to be a real dick. I, I mean, I, I have some of those books like from back in the day and yeah. it's so interesting that these guys are coming into like I, I mean, Polka Dot Man. Like I remember I know, Batman, right? like in the 1950s, seeing that book, and like, <laughs> uh, there's so many different things that they could do too. Like in the both DC and Marvel, though, it's it's such a great. They have so much, you know what I mean? Like oh. to draw upon. Like if like I'm sure you saw like uh, the news of like uh, the new um, titles and stuff like that, you know, and the the reveal of the Fantastic Four. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I hope the Fantastic Four is probably going to come out. 2024 obviously right 2024 and um people like you know have like all these ideas about casting who would you cast as reed richards uh i'm stuck on john krasinski man yeah i'm stuck on it i want him to be captain america in um spider-man no way home from a different dimension (laughs) i I think that'd be cooler i think that'd be way cooler you know it'd be really cool it would oh my god dude like what are you like and chris evans and him meeting or something like it'd be great but I yeah, just, I, I want that too. Like that, I, I that nerdy, muscly guy vibe. Yes. That would. I just be, want be that. Richards. I want that vibe of. Um, like I want the Fantastic Four to seem like it's not. It has to like not be an origin story too. Like I, if I was the writers, I would start off right in the middle of the nineteen sixties and the Baxter Building's opening day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they've already become. You know, they've already had the mission. You know, because yeah. it's like. We've seen that shit. We don't need that again and again and again. It's no, like you could do it. Like that's the one thing I always liked about the Incredible Hulk, the one that Edward Norton did. Is like the origin was just told in the credits. <laughs> you yep. know, it's like here, he, yep. here's the monster. He's upset. He heard her. He's on the run. And that's why I liked uh, Captain Marvel. 
was an origin story, but they did it in reverse. And that was a really interesting way of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's, she's already there. She's already doing her thing. And then you kind of discover how she, she became about as it went along. And I thought that was really smart, especially because what average fan knew what Captain Marvel is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Also too, like, I mean, who knew, like, Doctor Strange, like, I, I, nobody knew who Doctor Strange was back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, right. I would talk about, they'd be like, who? Thinking <laughs> that I was talking about something from Star Wars. But there's this, there's so many great tales that Doctor Strange and the Incredible Hulk could do together, too. Yeah. Like, those two together, I think of, and I don't know if we'll ever see it, because this new Hulk, I don't like. I'm a huge Hulk fan, just like, you know how, like, you were saying, like, the Superman and the Authority, like, you know, merging the two, like. Yeah if I could have my way and like have like something come back or merge it, like I would bring back the gray Hulk mm -hmm. and do yeah. another Vegas series. I would actually, you know what I would do? I would do a live action, Mr. Fix it TV series in Vegas. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And use a guy. No CGI. Like, there's got to be a big guy out there. It's a good actor. Like, Luke <laughs> Carino, you know what I mean? Like a little like prosthetics. I mean, like I, that's the thing too is like the Hulk to me as a computer automatically takes me out of it. No matter who's mm -hmm. Bruce Banner, yeah. Edward Norton, you know, Eric Bana or whatever. Like I just, it just doesn't seem right to me. I mean, yeah, they kind of got it right in end game or whatever with the look of it. It looked mm -hmm. more visually. Holy Christ. Great, when, but when Ruffalo's, I mean, it looked like Ruffalo. Uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy. The stop motion, yeah. you know, Ruff like, but the I just kind of miss. You can see like the individual stubble hairs. Yeah, they spend a lot of time on that. Oh a lot God. of time. But, you know, I just read a couple hours ago that Robert Downey Jr.'s assistant, Jimmy Rich, passed away. Yeah, I read that too. It sucks. Yeah, that's, that's a shame. That's I, a shame. I, I hate reading stories like that. You know what I mean? It's just like these random bouts of reality. In yeah, or random bouts of tragedy. Yeah. I always find it fascinating too how automobiles can do that. You know, it's like we we know what they're capable of, and we take such trust in each other. Being out on the road, driving under these laws, and it only takes like a second to like take somebody's life. You know, the amount of trust that you're putting into the human race by driving every day is staggering. Yeah, because it really is. I really don't. I don't trust half the people I work with <laughs> at all. Uh, uh, much less getting on the road with a thousand strangers i i'm scared of uh people on the road they're so aggressive and like you know like they're in a rush it's like for what you know like where are you going really you can work from home from now you know like what's a big deal a guy tried to kill me on the highway like uh, eight years ago i was i was being a dick but so you know the dude that comes in and starts riding your ass on the highway yeah. And you're like, I'm just going to pull up right next to this guy into the next lane and just coast. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. doing that. And he's going back and forth behind me. And I zoom up to the next guy. And he's going back and forth behind me. And eventually, he gets out in front of me and slams on his brakes, like full stop. So I got to swerve out of the way. And he does it three more times. Wow. And this is on the turnpike. So we're going 70 miles what, an hour. With traffic behind you? Yep. Wow. Literally, he was trying to kill me. Because I was, I mean, I was being a dick, to be fair. But I don't think it merited trying to kill me. No, not three times. I mean, no. maybe one time, and then like, all right, let's get going. You know, but... <laughs> I scared the shit out of him. He's good. <laughs> stuff nuts. I mean, like, let me think. The the worst road rage. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy too. Like the 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 insane amount of anger that can come out of somebody behind the wheel for somebody they have never met just because of the vehicles. You know, malfunction I mean, I, in there. I know. say some some nasty things about the people that are driving. I'm like, look it's at bad. this motherfucker. <laughs> I saw somebody today go down the wrong like lane, like they were going the wrong way, right? And like, I was on the phone with somebody. I was like, look at this. I can't believe this motherfucker's going up there. And like, my friend was like, now calm down. I'm like, did you even know what's going on right now? Like, he's putting my life in danger. Every time you you tell a story about a bad driver, everybody you tell it to is like, that doesn't sound so bad. Why were you so angry? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's nuts, right? I, that's why I also, I think that the autonomous vehicles is the way to go, you know? I mean, if we can't have autonomous police officers where there's no brutality and everything is upheld and the law is perfect, we might as well be at least safe in our automobiles, right? 
Listen, if I could read on my way to work every day, my oh. life would be 100% better. Dude, it'd be the best. Like, imagine door dashing and just getting in your car and being like, well, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do now. I just got to wait until I got to get out. You know, like you'd have so much time on your hands. Yeah. I could write in there. Imagine if you could just get out, grab the bag, get in, start writing. You'll be at your destination in 15 minutes and just write the whole way. So kind of, I, I like to do many different things at once, too. It's like, I think multitaskers get a bad rap. Oh, I think so. I absolutely think so. There's nothing like, wrong with you're not like, capable. like, yeah, it's like you got to do one thing right. No, I can do a bunch of things right if you just give me the time to do it. <laughs> yeah. And then they get mad. They're like, no, you can't do this. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I can, you know, like, Sometimes I, I think that I, I'm I'm happier like when I'm you know uh, more involved in a bunch of different things rather than just one you know and it's like that's yeah. like not what society tells you to do at all it's like stick with one thing and try to make a living at it it's like uh, that sounds like punishment you know <laughs> it does it sounds I did like that a for prison. a while yeah and we do it to ourselves because yeah. we made this society up to be like this and we're like well we might as well follow these rules that we put in place for generation after generation. Because we can't go back to being cowboys, which would have been dope, dude. Dude, I miss I drinking whiskey. I miss smoking cigarettes. I would love. I would have loved to have been a gambler. Like you know, <laughs> show up in the saloon, just be like, "Give me a fifth, give me a pack of like you know your harshest tobacco. Let's go." You know, the all only, night long. The only kind of cowboy I would want to be, or think I would be able to somewhat survive, is Back to the Future Three. <laughs> okay, now we're talking. Like, yeah, like that you fantasy be- cowboy land. The Buford's uh, gang, or would you be in? Uh... I'd be one of those dudes in the saloon, yeah, <laughs> just watching Marty be a fool in that getup. It's so funny how they uh, react to him in that getup too, like oh the way God, that they look so at him. You know, where are you? Huh, where are you coming that? from, fella? <laughs> I got I mean, Buford's great. There. I mean, like that that scene too kind of gets pretty brutal. Like, I think doesn't Marty get like. Marty gets like uh, taken out on the horse, like around his neck, right? And then they hang him. <laughs> they hang him. Yeah, they hang him. Yeah, like straight up. And yeah. then Marty or Doc Brown comes, dude. I love this film so much, and I hope that they never make a sequel to it, just because. I mean, if they do, it has to be them too. I mean, obviously they're they're getting up there, but I mean, the only way I would want to see something done with Back to the Future is if um, they did they Teen Wolfed it. Um, so back in two thousand eleven. They turned the the core concept of Teen Wolf, a lot of the same characters, a lot of the same character traits, but into, into a, like a, a horror show. Yeah. And I would love to see a Back to the Future turned into like this sort of time travel mystery screw with the timeline show. That would yeah, that's what I was writing. I was writing like all this stuff about like I love time travel. I think it's so fascinating. Like, I mean, like it and, seems like crazy, but I mean anything's possible today. So like, why wouldn't that be possible? You know what I mean? Like, and why not? Why not? Because at this point, you can just write it, and if it makes a little sense, you can buy it. Yeah, you could buy it. I mean, like I try, I try to research more. Like I was looking up like daughter universes and like how we have pocket versions of ourselves in different places that are doing yeah. somewhat similar stuff and somewhat not similar stuff. And yeah. I mean, like, why not? You know, I mean, it feels like that way sometimes. It feels like you've done something a thousand times before, right? Maybe you have, you know, like possible. So Maybe. like time and like the idea of time changing it, you know, it always fascinated me. Just something about it is just like something about that movie too back to the future i i've been obsessed with time travel and and, and uh, alternate versions of yourself based on a choice um i always think about like somebody who's like like the other day i was like in traffic and i was like thinking like a tip off to a story like uh like you were saying like with an accident too like in like road rage like the one, like one person's life is affected severely because one person in front of them was on their cell phone and didn't go through the green light when they should have, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there's like little pocket moments that nobody knows or somebody doesn't, you know what I mean? Like yep. those, those little things are, it's too convenient in a way that something like that could happen. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. well, I have happens a, every day. I think about, so I was at my buddy's wedding some years ago and I was in the, in the, bridal party and the they gave me like one of those fake champagne bottles that if you twist the bottom confetti confetti pops out 
So I go on there, we walk in, I do the whole dance, pop the confetti under the dance floor. Three hours later, Lady Dancing slips on my confetti and breaks uh, her leg. Wow. Yes. Were you the only one who knew it was your confetti? No, everybody knew. Oh, no. <laughs> They're like, Nick, uh, you broke that lady's leg. I'm like, no, I didn't. I mean, I uh, did. <laughs> like, okay, so I was... I was okay. How did this go down? Let me think correctly. It's been a while. What happened? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is okay. So I was at the um, <laughs> I was at the Trump. What the hell was it called? Trump Plaza? No. It's the Gold Nugget now. Anyway, it's at the Trump Marina. Was what it was called. Yeah, yeah. And I was leaving the bar, going downstairs to go out towards the deck and there's this big staircase and everyone's drunk it's late i'm drunk and there's a woman in front of me with high heels and like white jeans and she's taking her time getting down because she's wearing these heels and i'm not in a rush because i'm stoned and i'm drunk and i'm i'm good you know like <laughs> it don't matter and this guy behind me is like tapping me on the shoulder and shit and he's like come on bro you should go help that lady you know what i'm saying you should go help that lady son and then like i turned around i was like bro like if you're so goddamn concerned about it why don't you go help her and he's like okay, I will. And like pushes me out of the way. And like, as he goes down the stairs, like he says something to her, she acknowledges it and he picks her up. And when he picks her up, he makes it down two. he only had three more steps to go. He makes it down two and completely face plants to the point where she looked like she was like seriously fucking hurt, you know? And everyone starts to crowd. And I just did what I had to and just just beeline the hell out of there, dude. Like, because he it. had a whole crew of people with him that were like egging me on, and like they all saw me be like stand up to him and be like, Yo, bro, you know. And I felt terrible, but it's like I remember thinking the next day, like, if, if I didn't stand up for myself, like that woman, you know, what I mean, like, what? <laughs> like, listen, that that dude would have done that to somebody regardless of that circumstance, you know what yeah. I mean. Like, why'd you why don't you take care of this female, huh? Why'd you, oh I was just God. like, dude, like whatever, man. And like when he picked her up, like he had no strength in his arms at all. Like it was like <laughs> dead just, weight, like coming and he down. Just ate it. I just can't believe she let it happen too. I was just oh, like, okay, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and I was just like, this is nuts, man. Um, well, it's been an absolute delight to catch up with you. Um, I know yeah, you just yeah. released a book a while ago. Um, can you tell people where they can check out your stuff? Yes. Um. Uh. It's called With a Difference. It was co-written by a poet and myself. We covered each other's stuff. I wrote stories based on his poems, and he wrote poems based on my stories. Um, and it is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, NickGregorio.com. You can find all of those links, all that good stuff. Gregorio. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's been a pleasure to have you back. Welcome uh, your guest number one of the 300. So uh, wear that be. badge proudly as you go through life. I damn um, well will. I have to have you back to complete the trifecta and to the future. Um, stay creative. Um, stay looking up to the sky for the last son of Krypton because I know <laughs> I am. We all could use someone's help in that form, but oh, yeah. uh, it's been a pleasure. Sure has, Bob. Thanks. My name's Bob. This has been another episode of podcast. <laughs>